What it is, what it is, family. It's your man K Mark coming back at you for another episode of the 310 Podcast. Look, this past week in professional sports was one of the wildest weeks I've ever seen. Um, it's a, a sports content person's dream to have so much, so so much sports, so much news that came out in, in a seven-day period. It was utterly amazing. I mean, we had things from a potential in uh, ending of the uh, baseball league's lockout. We have NBA news. We have potential trades. We have some gambling that's going on. Uh, we have some players re-signing, um, possible legal situation that might be handled for a superstar quarterback. But overall, it was a lot of good, juicy information that came out. So you know what? I'm not even going to hold you guys any longer. So let's get to it. All right, everybody, I'm back. I'm back. And so uh, this past Friday, um, news started to circle that the MLB and, and owners and their players finally reached an agreement on the collective bargaining agreement, which ended the 98, the 99 days of holdouts. So, I mean, honestly, this is big for baseball. I mean, I'm not the biggest baseball fan out there, but however, I mean, I will watch it, especially um, during the playoffs time. So um, baseball, I mean, they, they definitely have had a rough, uh, a pretty tough run at it as, as of the last few years with ratings declining, uh, fan viewership, uh, people are not coming to the games. Um, I believe that if, if they didn't get this resolved, I believe baseball would have been done forever. I mean, I, I still know people who are still angry about the strike in 94. And they, they, Baseball has definitely lost its luster to football and to the NBA. Um, honestly, I believe baseball is no longer considered America's past. Yeah, it's the past, all right. But I mean, baseball is not what baseball used to be to them, uh, to the, um, to the um, American, uh, to the public eye. But a um, couple things: um, they will play all um, 100, 162 um, games. Um, they'll just probably just miss the first week of uh, of those games uh, of the season, and then they'll just kind of make them up as they go. Um, of course, um, designated hitters is finally coming to the National League, um, so that's that's big. I mean, it, this has been discussed for years and debated. Should uh, the National League finally get um, allowed the designated hitter and live in it finally coming to fruition? And also another um, interesting point is they're expanding the playoff teams to 12, um, six in each league. And so, I mean, this is going to definitely add more teams into uh, into the field and which is going to definitely make it a little bit more competitive. I mean, I see I see what baseball is doing. I mean, they're trying to get more fans involved. And honestly, I mean, the more teams that has a chance to win, um, win uh, the World Series, the more um the more uh, fam fans will kind of stick in and kind of check it out and try to see it all see it all the way through. But I mean, like I said, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. However, I'm definitely happy that they were able to kind of get this resolved. Me personally, in these strikes, I'm I'm 99 percent on the player side because to me, the players like they drive the product. They're the ones that are making that are actually making the sacrifices out there. They're the ones that's putting their bodies through hell. And mind you, I mean, yeah, I mean, the owners, they provide, the, they pay them and whatnot. However, like I said, I mean, if you don't have the players, you don't have the game. And 
I'm pretty sure the um, the general public doesn't want to go to a baseball park just to see owners play. So that's that's a different story for a different day. But um, another story that I do want to uh, tap into, and we're going to switch leagues. We're going to the NBA, and a couple stories that um, I want to hit is one Ben Simmons. Yes, Ben Simmons uh, finally made his return to the city of brotherly love, a place where he called home for the first few years of his career. Um, of course, he didn't play. He kind of sat on the sideline and kind of just watched the game. Um, of course, the Philly fans, my my peoples, they kind of they of course, of course, they're going to give him a little give him hell because honestly, hey, look, they felt as though, hey, they gave up. You, they um, he gave up on them. Um, I mean, regardless of what Joel Embiid or Doc Rivers said, I mean, hey, you basically kind of just kind of just left the Sixer fans high and dry. And I've, I've seen people who went on to who who are in the media and say, hey, look, the Sixer fans will initially turn on Ben Simmons. No, that is not the case, because me personally, I mean, I listen to Philly Sports Talk Radio. And for the most part, they coddled Ben Simmons. They coddled him. And to say that they turned on him was totally to say that the Philly fans turn on is totally is you're totally uh, misinformed or you have you have a bias towards the Philadelphia fan base because you feel as though they're too rough on their athletes. No, they're they're not. I mean, for one, I mean, just like a lot of uh, fan bases, I mean, hey, they expect a lot. They expect effort. And from and honestly, for me, what they've gotten from Ben Simmons over the past few years, the past few years of his career is basic is basic, basic production. And I know everybody wants wants to say, hey, look, he's a he's a, he, he she shouldn't have to score. He's a defensive player. No, 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 no. You came into this league as a generational talent. And with all the hype, you had your own uh, sports documentary. Um, at LSU, and you can even lead them to the NCAA tournament and fail to go with them to the NIT instead of just in. Yeah, to me, yeah. Philly fans, the the Sixer fans, especially, like they de- they definitely earn the right to say what they need to say about Ben Simmons. And mind you, I me, mean, it wasn't nothing crazy that went on during the game or anything like that. No, no, it was just the normal hazing, booing. And that's it. Like nobody like threw anything at him. Nobody tried to take a punch at him or anything like that. So, like I said, I mean, my thing is though, like I said, like I said, I mean, people they they hang they hang on to this narrative about the Philadelphia fans. And mind you, yeah, it kind of yeah. I mean, I know I have friends in the Philadelphia market base. And yeah, I mean, I'm in a sense kind of sticking up for them. I mean, people want to bring up, oh, Philly fans, they're just so ruthless. They they boo Santa Claus. Shut up. My God, man, you guys don't even know the whole story about the whole booing of Santa Claus. My God, do some research before you guys come up with this crap. I mean, man, I hope you guys sound like Michael Wilbon on PTI spewing that nonsense. My goodness. Man, people say no, they boo Beyonce, dude. Dude, it was during the NBA Finals and the Lakers were smoking their squad. Man, come on, man. Man, nobody wanted to hear that. 
And so anyway, I'm done. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. Let's get into the game. And from that point, after like the first minute, first few minutes of of uh, the whole Ben Simmons theatrics was 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 out the way. Pretty much this game was over and it wasn't even close. The Nets destroyed the Sixers 129 to 100. And honestly, it wasn't even that close. I mean, KD had 25 and he was just effortless. Um, it was effortless from the field. And Kyrie, my goodness, Kyrie was just an assassin out there. And and, and for the first time, you actually seen Kyrie play it, uh, actually play some legit defense. And he's and mind you, he shut down James Harden. He shut him down. And it was it wasn't funny at all. Um, the Nets just over overall, they just dominated this game from 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 uh from from the tip on. And you saw that the Sixers, it was the the moment was a little bit too big for them at this particular time. I mean, Joel Embiid, he tried to do too much. He really did. He went to the game instead of letting the game come to him, which is something that you're not supposed to do because when you when you go to the game, you start to you start to press. You start to do things that typically you wouldn't do. And I've seen it like a few times while watching that game. He got blocked. He he was stumbling and falling all over the place. It just overall, it just was not a good performance for a player who has aspirations of winning the least most valuable player. And then you also have James Harden, who also, I mean, he didn't, he didn't step up to the moment as well, which was very disappointing to me because, I mean, you want to show the team that traded you, dude, you made a mistake in trading me. True, yeah, James Harden wanted out of there, but the fact of the matter is you want you want to show your former former teammates what they're missing. And now you got KD and Kyrie just sitting there chuckling up and laughing on the sideline. And they're not even at full strength. They don't have Ben Simmons back. We don't know when he's gonna come back because he's out with a bad back. We'll see what happens when um when he comes back. I mean, I I made the statement during the last um during my last show where I um uh, where I stated that Ben Simmons may possibly come back after this game, but from what I'm hearing uh, from reports is that it may be another two weeks. Honestly, they may just end up just shutting him down for the regular season because honestly, with Ben, because of his age, it's the long game approach. You're looking at from like like next year and on, and you want to make sure he's healthy and engaged with your franchise. Um, but overall, but like I said, I mean, going back to Harden, I mean, he had um, he only had 11 points, three of 17. Three of seven from three. It just it was just a sloppy performance. And he just he looked tired. He looked exhausted. Also did see that afterwards he was at a party. Um not really get too much into that because I mean, hey, I mean, regardless if he would have won, he probably would have went out partying as well. So it is what it is. I mean, Sixers, um, you got definitely um better rebound, especially with that game against um against Orlando on Sunday. I mean, you got barely won that, but you, then you guys turn around and lose at home the following day to the uh, Denver Nuggets. So 76ers, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, gonna, it's definitely not going to be easy getting through a loaded Eastern Conference because, I mean, you got teams like Miami at number one, Milwaukee after a slow start, they're up at number two, then comes Philly, then Chicago at number four, and then you got Boston number five, Cleveland at number six, and then the playing games potentially is Toronto, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Charlotte. So, I mean, the East is going to be tough. The East is really going to be tough this year. And so with that being said, hey, speaking of conferences, we're going to switch over to the Wild Wild West. 
And one team that I'm definitely wanting to talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, the the utter disappointment that is the L.A. Lakers, who are now 29 and 39 following um, a loss um, after uh, back to back losses, one to the Suns in Phoenix by the score of 140 to 111. And then they come back on Monday and totally lay an egg. I believe they're down like 30 to 30 to six to Toronto. My God. Um, I mean, they made it a little interesting late in the game. However, I mean, Toronto, they pretty much coasted to a 114 103 victory. Um, Basically, a lot of things. This this is whole. This whole season has just gone down the toilet for the Lakers. I mean, pick to win it all before the season had even began. I mean, they. I mean, this was like the ultimate. This is like the ultimate squad where you had LeBron, you had AD, you had Brody, Russell Westbrook coming into, uh, coming into the uh, onto the team. You had Melo, Trevor Reza. I mean, you have Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington. I mean. Malik Monk, Ken, uh, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, this was supposed to be the team that represents. And I, oh, and I forgot Dwight Howard. I mean, this was supposed to be the team that was supposed to quote run away with the West. This was, and I've even heard in some circles that the Lakers could win seventy games. They could break the Warriors' record. This season has been an absolute train wreck. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people want to put it on, look at Westbrook. A lot of people want to blame it. And I mean, a lot of it, I mean, yeah, I mean, Westbrook has had his issues this season. Um, believe the pressure of possibly playing at home may have gotten to him. Um, he's making a lot of mistakes. And I believe he leads the league in turnovers, which is definitely not a good sign. Um, AD's been out. Um, pretty much the, the man's been pretty much been out majority of the season. And overall, it's not good. I mean, AD's only played in 37 games and then maybe I believe like a game, the game after he came back from um, from the from the initial injury, he he severely turns his ankle. And they said about four to six. Not, yeah, about like yeah, between four to six. However, I mean, as as someone who has sprained and had uh, several sprained ankles, those type of ankles where it basically rolls over and you can see the ankle literally touching the ground. Those are more like an eight to 10 week injury because yeah, those, those are the bad ones. Those are the ones that really roll up on you and you're just out for a long period of time. And you, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have seen AD in a walking boot. Yeah. Those aren't the best. Those aren't the best ankle injuries. Um, everybody, and basically, like I said, I mean, it's been a, it's been a wreck. I mean, LeBron's played well. I mean, I, as many of you know, I've been um, I've always been I've been like a critic of LeBron. Um, and it really is not really because of his game, to be honest with you. Mind you, like I said, I like LeBron. I like what LeBron stands for. I like the way he plays. It's his fans. Maybe let me change that. It's his stands that get on my god darn nerves. <laughs> They get on my nerves, and so I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Lakers are basically they're at the point where they're, they're they may not even make the playing game. It's it's that simple. I mean, they're two and in their last in um in their last ten. Like I said, I mean, and even even if they do get in, they could be a pretty much a quick out for Phoenix or whoever they play. Because the fact of the matter, this team has not gelled. 
whatsoever. I mean, I've seen people say, I've seen people who are trying to kind of give out that hope, like, well, maybe the Lakers, they, 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 they do have a shot to turn around. No, no. This team plays no defense. They don't rebound. They don't play with any heart. I mean, man, and LeBron's basically out there just innocent. And a lot of y'all may get mad at me. The dude's stat pack. He's stat padding. And, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he had nothing else to play for. So, he just put up. LeBron just put up numbers. I mean, you saw he had two 50-point games um, last week. One against Golden State and the other against uh, Washington. But, yeah, LeBron, hey, he, he just like, you know what, bumped this. I'm about to just start scoring and try to pass Malone and then catch Kareem early next year or at some point next year. So, my thing is, though, I mean, Lakers, I mean, honestly, I mean, I've seen talks about them possibly shutting LeBron down because, honestly, this season isn't going nowhere. And, honestly, I mean, if they have any types of – if they have any type of hope of trying to get back to what they what they once were two years ago – I mean, maybe it may be a time to kind of shut LeBron down, but LeBron, he's pretty much at this point where he's just trying, he's just trying to just uh, cash in records. And so basically for him to sit out, I doubt it. I highly doubt it, but they do have a tough schedule coming up. One of the toughest in the league. I mean, they're at Minnesota on Wednesday. Um, They play there. They play in Toronto um, on Friday. They play in Washington. LeBron uh, returns back to Cleveland next Monday. They're at home to they're at home to Philly. Then they're back on the road to the Pelicans, Mavericks, and Jazz. And that's just for March. I mean, and then basically you only get they only got like six games to kind of start to uh, kick off April. So it's going to be a tough road for the Lakers in 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 the Lake Show. So with that being said, so hey you guys, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm and we'll be right back. The news keeps coming. The news keeps coming. And so, hey, everybody, we're back. We're going to be jumping into the NFL. And like I said in, in my intro, there was so much news, so, so, so many player transactions. I haven't seen a wild week like I did last week in professional football in my life. I mean, man, we had all pros being traded, um, potential Hall of Famers coming back to their squad. We had gambling issues. And like I said, I mean, a, a potential GOAT coming back. And so let's jump right into it. Hey, we're going to start in Seattle. Russell Wilson letting Russ cook. And he's going to be cooking his way to the Mile House, uh, Mile House State in Denver, Colorado. Um, he was traded to the Broncos for, uh, matter of fact, Seattle. Like they, they sent Russell Wilson along with a fourth round pick to the Broncos for Drew, quarter, uh, quarterback Drew Locke, Noah Fant, the tight end. Uh, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, along with two first-round picks, um, the um, a ninth pick in the 2022 draft, and the tw- in their first round in 2023. Also, two second-round picks in 2022 and 2023, and a 22-4th, fifth-round selection. And so, Russell uh, Russell Wilson is out of Seattle, um, which brings us to close one of the more interesting. Uh, era in professional football, the the LOB, um, Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks from twenty, yeah twenty from twenty twelve to this year, it was a it was a very solid run that uh, resulted in two conference championship games, 
um, a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl title. Um, they, as we all know, they should have had two. Unless, hey, Pete Carroll decided to give the ball to Russell Wilson and let him be the um, be the deciding factor instead of giving the beast mode. Honestly, I mean, Seattle should easily have two Super Bowl rings. Um, as you guys know, hey, they dismantled the the Legion of Boom shortly thereafter. Uh, Cam Chancellor retired a few years later. Earl Thomas um, gets injured and eventually is signed to um, lease. And then you have Richard Sherman getting um, leaving the um, the Seahawks to go to the 49ers. So, I mean, the move was swift. And, yeah, I mean, just as quick as they came together, they quickly um, were broke apart and now um from what from um what was going on they released all pro future hall of famer linebacker bobby wagner and which was definitely a surprise move to me but however i mean we're, we may just be at this point where seattle they may just be um, going on full rebuild mode uh, rebuild mode my thing is though is like me will 70 some a year old Pete carroll want to go through that I don't know, but I mean, from what from from what um, from what I've seen, and just kind of from what I've kind of um, heard around um, certain um, certain people, is that I mean, hey, Pete Carroll, he kind of wants to get back to uh, the earlier days of, of, of the Seattle Seahawks, where it's like grounded pound and and playing solid defense, and pretty much in a sense, I mean, can't really do that nowadays because you're not really going to get too far going that old route but I mean hey Seattle they they have to have a plan or something to kind of get through this little rebuild phase um I'm definitely know that um I'm hearing like they they definitely want to look in uh to into the direction of some of a potential uh quarterback that could be re- that could be traded very soon and I'll get to that in a little bit but I mean it's definitely going to be um an interesting time in the great northwest um, that to me, that in a sense kind of puts Seattle at the bottom of the NFC West behind the Rams, 49ers, and Cardinals. So it's definitely it's definitely going to be very interesting coming next season. Um, that uh, that uh, that stadium probably will not be rocking as much as they were back in the day. But uh, moving on, um, definitely wanted to get into uh, talking about Russell Wilson and the Broncos from the Broncos' point of view. Um, this is definitely big for the Broncos. I mean, this is arguably, this has been the best quarterback they've had since they let go of Peyton Manning. And to be honest with you, this is very much needed. I mean, Seattle, Seattle, one thing that they, they did mean they were able to surround Russ with the likes of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. However, their offensive line has been shaky at best ever since, um, their Super Bowl runs. So, Basically, with Denver, I mean, hey, he's going to be, uh, Russell, Russell going to be throwing to a fleet of solid wide receivers, such as K.J. Hamler, Gerald, Jerry Judy, and uh, Courtney Sutton. Um, Denver, they're always very solid on the ground. Uh, they have Melvin Gordon and um, and Jamal Williams. Um, Denver always has a solid defense, and so you know definitely, they're, they're definitely going to build that defense up to help complement that offense. And so it's definitely going to be a very, these NFC West games, is going to be exciting this year. I mean, like I said, I mean, you got Kansas City with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. Then you got now Seattle. I'm sorry, not Seattle. You got Denver with their weapons. Then you have the Chargers 
with um, with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, now with Mike Williams, who just resigned back there. And I'm gonna get to the Chargers in a minute. And then you have the Raiders kind of kind of pulling up. Honestly, where I believe that they they could be the fourth the fourth best team in that division. So speaking of the Chargers, um, they made a, a a hell of a splash. They traded for All Pro defensive end slash linebacker Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. They gave up a, a second round and a sixth round pick. To me, highway robbery. Yes, that is straight up robbery for a player of Khalil Mack's uh, uh Khalil Mack stature. I mean, true, yeah. Over the last couple of years with the Bears, he has been a little banged up. However, th- when this guy is right, this guy is a menace in that backfield. And so now you're in a pair of that with Joey Bosa and Derwin James. My God, that's going to be filthy. Like I said, the NFC West is going to be fun this year. And usually I'm not the biggest fan of, I'm sorry, the AF, AFC West is going to be fun. Usually I'm not the biggest fan of the AFC West. However, this year, they bring in some heat this year. Now the Raiders just have to do something. And sheesh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a very tight race in November and December. Um, moving on. Um, terms of the um, terms of some of the moves. Uh, well, well, this this move to me just definitely caught my attention. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons. How stupid can you be? Goodness! All right, you're out because you're saying that you have mental health problems. You need to kind of get yourself straightened out. Cool, I get it. Nothing wrong with that. But you turn around and gamble on just gamble not just the fact that you gambled on the Falcon but you gambled on football in particular my goodness I mean mind you I mean I've been inside in an NFL locker room and it clearly says no gambling no man that's one of the things you don't do man you you don't Pete Rose man and like I said I mean you bet it on your team and I've seen people come down and say, oh, he wasn't with the team. It shouldn't matter. No, it does matter because in a sense, that's low-key kind of like insider trading. Yes, I know it's a little bit different, but yes, it's kind of like insider trading. And my thing is, though, and, and basically kind of what i gotten from this is the fact that he was at home. He was bored. He was like, you know what? Let me see what I can do and maybe make, uh, make a couple grand off this. And... I mean, initially they came out saying it was like fifteen hundred, but now I mean, over the last couple of days, a lot more has come out. And he said, and Calvin Ridley, and honestly, one of the things that he he tried to do is he tried to do damage control by jumping on Twitter. Wrong move, dude. Keep your mouth shut because everything you say is going to be kind of held against you in the court of public opinion. And even in, even in the NFL, they could definitely look at that as like, dude, this is definitely a problem. And it's just certain things you just don't do. I mean, yes, you can bet on NBA. You can bet on uh, Major League Ball. I can't say Major League Baseball. You can bet on college basketball, but not pro football. Bet on college football, but not pro football. Man, you not supposed. That was like one. That's like rule rule number one that they tell you: do not bet on your own sport. And what made it even worse is the idiot put it in his own name he had his account in his own name of course they're gonna check that out they're, they're gonna they're gonna see calvin ridley and you and, and the things that they saw it was pinned i believe in florida if i if i remember correctly and it was his account oh my goodness so for 1500 or however much he spent 
This dude fumbled an $11 million bag. How stupid can you be? Moving on. <laughs> Former, uh, well, uh, one of the, um, one, well, one thing I was definitely happy about was that um, for my Philadelphia Eagles, Jason Kelsey decided to return to the city of brotherly love for one more year for $14 million. Solid, arguably still to me the best center in the game. Um, and definitely a future Hall of Famer. I mean, this dude has put up a resume, and he's been solid, been very consistent, um, and he's in all this out of a six-round pick. He's definitely made made a name for himself. Has a Super Bowl ring, and he came up with the and he came up, and um, came up with the phrase at the Super Bowl parade: "Hungry dogs run faster." So I'm definitely happy Jason Kelsey is back. And speaking of Jason Kelsey and the Philadelphia Eagles. A former, a former um, ally has returned to the division. Carson Wentz returns uh, is is uh, returns to the NFC East. He was traded um, from the Indianapolis Colts to the now Washington Commanders for two third round picks. My question is, what has happened with Carson Wentz? I mean, my God, I was honestly, I was one of the biggest. Carson Wentz supporters. Um, I thought he was solid. I thought, I mean, I, I, I liked, I liked his intangibles. I liked what he was about. I mean, like I said, I me, mean, he was about football and spreading the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with that. I loved him for it. I mean, like I said, I me, mean, he came in, balled out, and um, played very well in his rookie season. Had a killer second year. And honestly, if it wasn't for that, um, if it wasn't for that faithful day in LA. Carson Wentz would have won the MVP, possibly, and I think they still would have won the Super Bowl because they were playing at such a high level. I don't think anybody would have stopped them. Yes, I mean, I know everybody wants to say, well, I mean, the way that he's been playing the last couple years, and I believe a lot of my Eagles brethren, we have revisionist history on how well he actually played and how dialed in of a zone that he actually was. Honestly, I still think that he he would have played very well in that Super Bowl, and they still would have won. And honestly, that would have definitely had a um, a lasting impact on the city. Carson Wentz would have gotten a longer leash with the with the fan base, and from there, we don't have Jalen Hurts, and Carson Wentz is still playing and still playing at a high level. But you know what? It is what it is. Like I said, I mean, honestly, I mean, like I said, I mean, it took me a while to finally to say it, but I mean, yeah, he probably possibly did rush back from. The knee injury injured his back. Um, Nick Foles took the team on a magical car, another magical carpet ride during the playoffs in 2018. And yeah, and of course, I mean, like I said, I mean, the pressure just kind of just mounted. That hey, Foles did this. I got to do this. I got to get to the Super Bowl. Now things have definitely come out from Indianapolis that definitely kind of gives a lot of the articles and certain personalities in the Eagle fan base. Um, it kind of gives them kind of like, hey, look, we were right this whole time about this guy. And yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's saying it basically saying, I mean, basically a lot of it's saying that he doesn't really mesh well with his team. And my thing is, though, I mean, I don't think he's a bad guy or anything like that. He just doesn't vibe with people. I mean, and from what I also heard is that I mean he's taking he's not really good at co- um, taking um, coaching. Um, I, a lot of things that a lot of Eagles fans have bought out is the fact that he didn't like, especially like during games that he wouldn't check the ball down. So uh, it's it's definitely tough for my guy Carson. Now he's going to the enemy, the Washington. Um, well, now the Washington Commanders. 
And my thing is though, like I said, I, mean, I was definitely, um, definitely support supportive of Carson Wentz, especially when he went in Indianapolis. I can do no longer, especially especially since he's in our division and whatever he does directly could directly affect my team. Love you, Carson, but yeah, especially when you guys play those two games against Philly. So um, definitely interesting to see how he how he performs because honestly, I mean, this could be his last shot at a start at a starting quarterback position. Um, I mean, all eyes are on him. He has the ball out. And I mean, mind you, I mean, he does have some weapons in Washington. I mean, he does have um scary Terry, Terry McLaurin out there. And so we'll see what happens, man. We'll definitely see what happens with them. Um, Aaron Rodgers, speaking of another quarterback that has questions about his um about his behavior, Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers four years. Well, from well, from what I read, it's actually three years, 153 mil. Um and so that kind of ends all the speculation. Will he be traded? Will he come back? Well, he's coming back for at least three years. I mean, I know the Packers, they definitely have something in his contract with some clauses and some outs. So honestly, I think A-Rod may play at least the next two years and kind of just see where it goes um, before he ultimately decides to hang him up. Um, what does it mean for Jordan Love? I mean, I mean, man, the guy's going to be what? I think this is going to be his third or fourth year I can't really remember but and they don't know what he can do I mean he did play a little bit of versus Kansas City when Aaron um, when Aaron was out due to COVID um he he played okay and honestly I mean on a scale of on a one to ten I maybe say he made he was about like maybe about five nothing really spectacular he didn't really do too much um, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, um, his favorite target, Devontae Adams, was a uh, franchise tag. So that means that the Packers, it means that um, at least under, he'll be playing at least this year under a one-year deal, which in terms of the money-wise, he'll be pretty much uh, being paid, I believe, within, like, whatever the top three and wide receivers are making this year. And that's basically just to do that, just so they can come, they can um, get a contract uh, taken care of, which... Devontae Adams right now, especially with Christian Kirk signing um, this week with um, Jacksonville for 18 mil. Devontae is like, look, don't even call me unless you look to talk about 25 mil. And yeah, he's going to get paid because arguably he is arguably the best wide receiver in the game. I mean, I know a lot of people have um, have a Tyreek Hill. They have a couple of a couple of the others, but I mean, yeah, I mean, arguably, I mean, putting up, I mean, as a player-wise, yes, he is the he he makes the money, and yeah, he's one of the better wide receivers in this game. But overall, like I said, I mean, this is the big move for the Packers. This kind of sets them up for the next couple of years to try to, to finally get past the NFC title game and into the Super Bowl. Uh, because of course, Aaron does not want to hang it up and with only one Super Bowl. I mean, for his talents, he should at least have two to three. But, I mean, that is... I mean, I've, I've already explained my stance on that um, a few episodes ago. Um, moving on to another quarterback that had some drama, Deshaun Watson. So, Deshaun Watson, um, of course, as you go, quarterback for, uh, of the Houston Texans, um, he definitely got himself into some trouble um, last year where there were 22, um, 22 complaints about him about of sexual assault of uh, masseuses in the Houston area. Um, I mean, I definitely find this odd because 
the moment that he wanted out of Houston, this, this, this is when all these suits started to come in. And mind you, true, yeah, he got off. Um, they found out, they found that the evidence, the evidence really couldn't hold. And so he, so yeah, so he gets off. Um, now basically the situation would basically just, well, would just be more of a civil. I mean, will he handle like the civil lawsuits and how, and how will that play out? We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But for the criminal aspect, that's all out the window. And so now Deshaun Watson has to um, focus on his NFL future. And of course it's not going to be with the Texans. And if there's a few teams that are looking at him, I mean, you got the um, the Saints and the Panthers, who most believe are like the front runners. Um, also, I mean, I'm also hearing that the Falcons are kind of a sneaky play for him. I know that he had a meeting; um, he's supposed to have a meeting with the Browns. Uh, Seattle, especially with the Russell Wilson trade, definitely has the ammunition to trade for him. And my goodness, that would be a nasty combination of Deshaun Watson in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That would be nasty. And so um, I'm definitely hoping that my Philadelphia Eagles can somehow squeeze in and maybe make a late play for them. Um, because I mean, hey, I mean we have, I mean we have arguably the best offensive line in the game. We have a coach that's willing to 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 to, to throw uh, throw the rock. Uh, one of the things we definitely do need is more pass catchers. I mean, we do have Devontae Smith, but that's not really gonna woo anybody into coming there. So I'm definitely hoping that um, he's able to that. The, the Eagles can maybe find some way to kind of talk him into possibly coming there. And then from there, you find, you trade and get a top-tier wide receiver. I don't care how you do it. You find a way to maybe call Green Bay to get maybe Devontae Adams or somebody like that. Um, if Tampa, and, and if Tampa, if um, if a certain quarterback, which I'm going to get into, comes back or decides to hang it up, they may call for maybe a Mike Evans. I don't know, but Eagles, the Eagles have to find some way to get another wide receiver. And even if they don't get a Deshaun Watson, they need to get another legit wide receiver for Jalen Hurts. And so moving on, and speaking of a wide receiver, uh, Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-round pick. Man, Dallas, they're, they're pretty much cash-strapped at this time. And I'm definitely going to talk about um, their situation possibly um, at a later show, possibly next week. And finally... Um, the GOAT returns on Sunday. I mean, the man just can't let it go. Tom Brady, in the words of Skip Bayless, Thomas Edward, Patrick Brady, he comes back on Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament. He comes back and announces that he is unretiring. I mean, honestly, I mean, I said in my last show, my last couple shows, that it would not surprise me if he comes back. And because the dude just can't let it go. I mean, true, and mind you, I mean, he had a hell of a season. I mean, leading the league in passing, leading the league in touchdowns. I mean, the dude is playing very well. And so, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, dude, why hang it up? But, I mean, hey, he, he said that, I mean, he wanted to, he had an obligation to his family. So, I'm guessing what happened was that Tom got home and <laughs> he got tired of the kids just running around and, t- and, and touching stuff. He was like, no, I bumped this. I'm going back to football. And or probably he was just moping around at home, and Giselle said, "You know what? Get out of here, man. Just leave, leave, leave. I'll I'll, I'll take care of it. Just go, bye. Go back to go play football, and I'll see you when I see you." And so Brady's back. So basically, that boosts the Buccaneers' um, Super Bowl odds as they and actually um, reading the um, reading the odds um, on Monday 
I saw that that, that um, Tampa Bay is now co-favorites with the Packers and they're followed by the Rams. And so the NFC got a little bit better, even though, like, they mean, the the teams in the NFC are marginal at best. And I think that's another thing Brady saw is that, I mean, the field is basically wide open in the NFC and it really won't be hard for, their, um, for them to get out of the conference. I mean, their division is a freaking cakewalk. And basically, what, Green Bay, the Rams, maybe Dallas or somebody can – no, it's, it's not, not – unlike the AFC where it's like a freaking gauntlet over there. So, so basically, Brady is back. Um, and like I said, it means so our playoff um, – so, so the playoff chances and Super Bowl aspirations for the Buccaneers. And so, uh, with that being said, I know I've talked to you guys, talked your ears off a little bit. So, you know what? I'm going to give you guys a break. All right, everybody. All right, all right. So um, I want to switch it up a little bit. Um, first off, I want to thank everybody for taking time to listen to your boy uh, for another episode of the 310 Podcast. Hey, I really, really appreciate the views. Um, if you can, hit those star buttons. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, give me what I deserve, and I'll take it. Um, Pat, pass the show off to your, uh, your sports-loving friends. Your boy is always willing to drop some knowledge. Um, so... Um, with that being said, hey, I do want to give, um, I, I, I would be remiss if I did not uh, give a shout out to Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, former uh, former WWF, WWE wrestler, um, a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Um, unfortunately, he lost his life earlier this week uh, due to complications from uh, from hip surgery. Um yeah, it sucks. Um, condolences to he and his family. Uh, Razor, he was, like I say, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. I mean, he was like kind of like the cool, the cool guy. Um, he kind of came in as like a as a Latin, a thug, and he had the gold around his neck. He was cool. He was slick talking, and yeah, I mean, he was cool. He was cool. He was like the cool wrestler until The Rock came. Um, a few years later, but yeah, Razor, he was like, he, he had like the moon, Chico, Razor the moon, he had the slick hair with the little curl at the, uh, <laughs> on his forehead, it, it was dope, he, he had the swag, he definitely, he definitely bought the swag, um, like I said, I mean, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time, arguably, I think, like, his greatest, like, two of, like, the matches that I will remember, um, and matter of fact, two of my favorites was um, it was a matchup on uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, it was Razor versus what it, uh, what the guy was called the One Two Three Kid, who would later be called X X Pac. Um, he was pretty much like a nobody, somebody that was just there for Razor to beat up. And lo, lo and behold, the One Two Three beat him in an upset. And I remember Razor was hot because everybody was clowning him. And I do remember, like, like a little later down the line, they would team up for some matchups. And I will say, probably, like, probably Razor's greatest performance probably was WrestleMania 10 when he and Shawn Michaels battled it out in the first ever ladder match. One of the great matches you'll ever see. Um, it, it was a great overall matchup. One of the ones that I said I will definitely remember. And so, after a stint in the WWF, um, WWE, uh, Razor, uh, well, he, he would then called by his actual name scott hall 
and he will go on to WCW where he will form what is called the New World Order with um, his boy Kevin Nash and the immortal, well, let me not say the immortal Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And they form one of the most devastating trios of all time. I mean, they definitely set the precedent for uh, for the attitude in the late era of the uh, of of wrestling in in the late nineties, and then eventually they would uh, reunite back in the WWE back in the early two thousands with as the NWO. So, um, like I said, I mean, condol- condolences to to his family. Um, like I said, I mean, he lost his life uh, due to complications from surgery, and so uh, with that being said. Uh, to the bad guy. I'm out. Peace.